Maximum Sports back another week gone by what a week it was a lot to talk about uh, it's going to be fun let's get right into it um, we're going to talk there was a lot of great games this week uh, it's just really fun to see the season unfolding all the storylines unfolding uh, we're going to talk about some positional stuff again we're going to little GM handbook stuff and we're going to do some positions I don't prioritize um kind of work our way backwards a little bit with that uh we're going to look at some hype train stuff and just a lot of the season so far just proving so much of our philosophy right so far it's pretty fun uh to be getting this podcast going in this season uh, so we're also going to add in a new segment, questions of the week, and you guys can send in your questions and I'll do my best to give a good answer. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, so this week we're going to start with Russell Wilson and he is obviously the number one quarterback ranked in our complete quarterback rankings to begin the season. And he's proven us here at Maximum Sports to look pretty good so far. Um, There's really nobody better in the game right now. And he's playing lights out and just as, just as expected. And against that, that game against the Rams just was a, clear showcase of his MVP campaign so far and especially the way our number three quarterback Patrick Mahomes kind of dropped the ball a little bit against the the Colts and we'll we'll talk about that I think that the Rams are starting to slowly look a little different they're starting to deteriorate a little bit and that was kind of what we said would happen because they prioritized certain positions like Todd Gurley, the running back, and they lost their guard and their center this offseason. And we're just seeing that when you prioritize those skill positions, wide receivers, running backs, over your over keeping the continuity and, and the great O-line they had, it's going to really come back to bite you. And they're just not able to really control games. Um, Jared Goff's still putting up ridiculous passing numbers, but those passing yards are just fool's gold. They they really don't mean anything. Uh, you can't control the game, especially when you have a lot of incompletions. You're, just sla- you're stopping the clock. You might move the ball... But if you can't run the ball, especially when you get in the red zone, the field condenses, and that's when you, you end up just getting off the field. And if you can't run it or at least have the threat to run it, teams can close in on you. They shrink The field shrinks down there, and it's just tough to really get the ball in the end zone. And the Rams, you know, I think they were at number five in our – rankings and 
I still think they're a good team. They've got a ton of talent. On defense, they're kind of taking too many chances, kind of being risky. That's Wade Phillips' MO, kind of high reward, high risk. And they're getting burned a lot. And, you know, they're coming off that Super Bowl still, and it's just hard to do. Hard to bounce back. And, you know, they've lost two in a row now. So I would expect the Rams to bounce back strong this week against the Niners. We'll talk a little more about that later as well. And so, yeah, Russell Wilson just basically carrying the Seahawks as he always has. But they're built in a way that they run the ball and they control the game. And they might not have the greatest defense, but they can, through their run game, play offense and keep keep the other offense off the field, basically. And that's just so important. And that kind of leads us into our next game we're going to talk about, which is the Colts and the Chiefs. And that's just following right into our philosophies of, you know, the Colts are built almost exactly to our philosophies. And it's just a beautiful example. They, they've invested in their O-line. They've just got excellent blocking. And, you know, with their running backs, they're able to just keep Mahomes off the field and, and just just dictate terms and you know Brissett he goes into Arrowhead one of the toughest places to play in the league and you know he wins and that's less than a year after Andrew Luck just got smoked in the playoffs uh, you know less than you know eight months ago and Andrew Luck couldn't move the ball at all and here comes Brissett his backup and you know the NFL it just moves on quick and it's just amazing how fast things change and the Colts you know we said they they probably would be fine and and so far they're they're looking like that so it's pretty fun to see just when you prioritize the positions that we talk about you know they don't have the flashiest high paid wideouts and running backs and they have invested in their offensive line. They've drafted well, used high first-round picks. I think Quentin Nelson's probably their best overall player on their team. He's a guard. I think he was the fourth pick in the draft. So they've spent in that way, and they made the right pick. And that guy is just mauling people, and it's just fun to see. And, you know, Mahomes has got to He's got to be better. I mean, if you if you are going to be the MVP again, I mean, you got to carry your team through it. And uh, I, he looks like he got dinged up a little bit, maybe an ankle, but I, I still saw him running around towards the end of the game, so I don't know how severe it is. But the Chiefs are one-dimensional, and they're just an explosive passing game, and they don't seem to be able to dictate through the running game, and that's going to be a concern for them against good teams and they need to figure out a way to get that running game going because they actually do have a good offensive line and they especially need to control the game because their defense is not great 
So they've got to figure all that out. And Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in the league. He'll have them bouncing back. They're still a good team, so we'll keep an eye on the Chiefs. But that was a pretty shocking uh, Colts win right there. And so we're going to lead into, uh, you know, kind of how Brissett took over Andrew Luck. And they just moved right on. They're still a good team. Maybe they've been a playoff team. And it just leads us into kind of talking about teams need to stop fearing the quarterback position. And what I mean by that is young quarterbacks are succeeding quicker than ever these days. They're specialized from 11 or 12 years old and groomed like the elite 11 camps, those are like the high school, they're running seven on seven receivers, running backs against DBs, linebackers type of thing. And they're playing football all year round and they're learning advanced skills and processing defenses early on. And it's just amazing how these young quarterbacks are developed now. So by the time they get to the NFL, you know, they're just ready to go, basically. And you've seen a lot of these guys succeed early. These, Particularly the ones in the first round. I think they, it's like most of them have been pretty good that have come out in the first round. So, you know, you can't be afraid to move, move off a, a greedy average quarterback. You know, if, if you've got a quarterback and, and he wants a lot more than he's worth, you can't really be afraid to just find his replacement. You know, it's easier said than done for sure. But you got to think about it's a hard salary cap league and you always have to do what's best for the team. And you can't worry about, oh, we can't replace his production. But normally these days you can. I mean, his replacement will probably be better than you think. And it'll allow you the freedom on your cap space to build around your roster. And we've talked about that a lot. You know, you when you actually find the guy, you know, it'll be obvious. There's no question about paying Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, Breeze. There's no question. No one questions paying those guys. But then it's the next tier where it is kind of like, uh, what if we could just replace you? Maybe you're not as prolific, but we could pay such a defense and such an offensive line and whatever else positions you want that will probably be just as good, if not better, without this guy while we still try to find the guy. And, you know, the this season and the last few years is just proving all that out. And it's it's pretty fun to play GM, you know. And a lot of these guys, they, they still, I, I don't think they have the guts really to make those decisions. And, you know, the, the guys like Dak, Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, even with Andrew Luck, you know, their replacements um, will be just fine. 
you know, Dak is has not been paid yet, and there's a reason for that. And Dallas is taking their time for good reason. And he was picked in the fourth round, and I'm sure even if you you could use a first-round pick next year and find a, a good replacement for him if you needed to. Trade him, whatever. See how this season pans out. Maybe he'll take you to the NFC Championship, Super Bowl. If he does that, then you might reconsider, and you might actually pay him. That might be worth it. But just wait and see, Dallas, and that's what they're doing. So good, good on them. I mean... We're going to talk about Kirk Cousins now and the Vikings and, you know, the biggest red flag going into Kirk Cousins getting paid was the <clears throat> the Redskins wouldn't pay Kirk. And the Redskins are as about dysfunctional as it gets. And if they wouldn't pay Kirk Cousins, then why would you want to? And you would think that the Vikings would know about that and understand that. But they just went and acquired him and, and paid him the moon. And, you know, that kind of leads us into this segment of GM Handbook. And and we'll start with the Vikings. They they won 28-10 to against a, a bad Giants team this week. Um, and... Unfortunately, for wide receivers here at Maximum Sports, um, you guys are our least prioritized position. And I mean, I, I honestly, I'd rather have an elite kicker and punter than spend heavy money on receivers. You know, the Vikings are paying Adam Thielen $16 million a year. And Stefan Diggs, $14 million a year. That's $30 million on two decent receivers. They're, they're good players. There's no question. I like them on their rookie deals. And after that, if they want more than, than you know, 5 to $10 million, I, can, I just cannot go that high on, on receivers. I mean, all you got to do is ask yourself, who's the best receiver on a Super Bowl winning team in this salary cap era? Basically, the salary cap era began in technically in 1994, but it didn't really take effect until around 2000. That's when teams really were hamstrung by it. It took a while to take effect. And so 2000 on, I mean... The best, the best uh, receiver was probably Marvin Harrison. I think he's maybe him and Heinz Ward of a, on Super Bowl winning teams are probably the only Hall of Famers in the last you know eighteen champions, and that's it. You know, most of the other teams, and and even Marvin Harrison and and Heinz Ward aren't particular like incredible you know Calvin Johnson Jerry Rice you know Julio Jones type guys and they didn't demand huge money either and so 
you know, the most, the flashiest receivers, you know, Terrell Owens, all those guys, they never, they didn't win Super Bowls. And so that tells you right there, like, you don't really need to build your team that way. So I just don't understand maxing out two, two contracts of wide receivers is just like ridiculous. You could trade him and find some sucker to give you good draft capital for him or just let him walk and save all that money. You just don't need to spend that on those wide receivers. And, I mean, you got to, especially considering when Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs before this week were, you know, kind of, throwing Kirk Cousins under the bus a little bit and in the media and I know Kirk Cousins isn't hasn't played very well he did this week but it was against the Giants so we can't get too carried away but you know they were frustrated and outspoken on the media and Stefan Diggs is reportedly like wanted to leave and man if these guys are a distraction like that on top of them getting paid I mean they should basically just be grateful and just keep quiet because they're the ones stealing talent from the important positions on the roster. And I don't blame any guys for taking money ever. If the organization's a sucker enough to give to wide receivers that much, then by all means take it. But then don't go complaining about your team when that money should be going to your offensive line, which is the real problem on that team. And you got to have money to spread the wealth to the prioritized positions, and you have to be disciplined about it. And, you know, I mean, the Raiders, I mean, Antonio Brown, who for the last, like, five years has been arguably the best receiver in the league, you know, this this guy doesn't even play one game for them and the raiders are doing fine I mean, they lost the best receiver in the league and they're doing fine they just beat the bears they're 3 and 2 they're just off to the races don't need him the browns i mean they were dismantled last night to an average niners team and they spent 18 mil a year on Odell and 15 a year on Landry. And, I mean, just look how it's turning out. They can't block anybody. I know the Niners have a decent pass rush, but, man, they made them look like the 85 Bears last night. And Baker Mayfield, he's not going to be able to handle that pass rush. And he doesn't. He's not advanced enough to know where it's coming from and make his reads and make quick decisions. They need a great O-line. You have to have a great O-line when you have a young quarterback. You just have to. You're not going to be successful. And with $33 million paid to those two wide receivers, it's a recipe for disaster. And it's just being proven out. Again, just our philosophies on... How does uh, John Dorsey, their GM, 
make those decisions. When we here, the average fan, we knew it was going to be a disaster. And it is. And why don't you spend that money on your offensive line? Why don't the Rams, why didn't they spend it on keeping their O-line together? Instead, they paid Brandon Cooks $20 million. I think he's the highest paid receiver. $20 million on Brandon Cooks when Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are better than Brandon Cooks. And those guys aren't making anything. They're still on their rookie deals. You're paying Brandon Cooks, who was traded twice already in his five seasons in the league. And traded by who? He was traded by the Patriots. They didn't want him. He was traded by the Saints. They didn't want him. Two of the most well-run organizations had him on rookie deals. They traded him. Who picked him up? The Rams. And they paid him. And he's their third best wideout. He doesn't do hardly anything for them. And they paid Gurley early. Pay your wide receivers. Pay your running backs. Don't pay your line. And then you start to deteriorate. But they just, the Rams had so much talent. They're still staying afloat, I think. But man, they've got a test coming up against the Niners. And they they have to beat the Niners. Otherwise, it's red alert time. And that's going to lead me into the Niners-Browns game last night, Monday Night Football. I mean, to me, I think it's more about the Browns being bad than the Niners being incredible. Although, in DVOA, the Niners are now number one. So they're the most efficient team in the NFL so far. And I think it's more of who they've played they haven't really played any decent team yet. And a lot of people thought the Browns would be that team, but they don't have the basically toughness to push anybody around. And when you go on the road, you just have to be able to do that. And you're never going to win when you're minus four in the turnover ratio. I mean, Odell was fumbling. He dropped a ball in the, end zone that was intercepted Baker threw one right to Richard Sherman Baker's fumbling Odell's fumbling four turnovers just horrible football by the Browns who are just overwhelmed by their hype and their status and all the talking they've done it's all in their head and they can't get out of their own way um And, yeah, the Niners, you know, Garoppolo hasn't looked great, but Kyle Shanahan's a good offensive coordinator, and he's got a lot of clever running schemes that they're doing right now. And we'll have to wait. I think that you have to wait on judgment for a lot of things in the league, especially early September, October. And we've talked about that. You got to wait till these teams play each other. And the Niners play the Rams this week. And I think it's pretty telling that Vegas favors the Rams by four against a Niners team that has dominated their first four games of the year. 
and the Rams coming off two losses. One was to the Bucks. Yet Vegas is telling you, and Vegas does their homework. Don't question that. And Vegas still has the Rams favored by four. And that's a big spread because four tells you it's going to be the difference between three and four is like a field goal or a touchdown. So them being favored by four is they actually do think the Rams are a better team than the Niners still. And I, I agree with that. So the Niners have to prove they're for real this week against the Rams. And we'll see how that goes. I'm thinking the Rams are going to be pissed off. And they're probably going to throw Garoppolo around. And he's going to get skittish. And he's going to make a lot of mistakes. And I think that the Niners are going to be kind of putting their place a little more. And then the Niners are going to play Seattle. So down the road looking, it's going to be fun to see if they're for real or not. Because they are also a hype train team that we talked about. The Niners, and I still think they're hype, but we will see. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Another team, uh, just a sign of, it just hilarious. Actually, I mean the 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 Raiders beating the Bears is just laughable, and I mean, <laughs> Gruden beats Khalil Mack. It's just. Everyone just crushed Gruden for trading Khalil Mack. The guy got two first-round picks for him. And I don't I don't mind the move, actually, honestly. Everyone hated it, but you got to be savvy in this league. And Khalil Mack didn't want to be on the Raiders, so deal him. I mean, he's just a guy, you know? He, oh, he made the Bears so good on defense. That might be true, but the Bears, they're still not very good. They... Didn't win a playoff game. They made the playoffs. But congratulations. That's not accomplishing anything. I'm sorry. The Bears defense, yeah, it looks great. But, man, you couldn't beat the Raiders. And Gruden is just, hey, we got rid of the guy. Doesn't seem like he makes too big of a difference. And I, Khalil Mack this week, he was saying he circled the Raiders on his calendar. And here these guys go just yapping again and just... Man, just keep your head down. You don't need to be saying that to the media. And you just lit a fire under the other team, and they beat you. And now Gruden, he's just laughing. He's laughing at you. So Khalil Mack, just a lesson, because you're young. Just keep your mouth shut and just play. You haven't accomplished anything. And so, I mean... It just when you end up eating crow, it's just uh man, it's hard to swallow. And uh man, Gruden, he got the better and I I would have never thought that was possible, but it's pretty hilarious. And uh the Bears are just got so much talent. I don't know what they're doing. And they went to London and they just couldn't handle it. And uh I had them as a playoff team, so it makes me look bad. But it's pretty funny. And, you know, another surprise making me look bad is that the Falcons, they start off 1-4, and four and they haven't even really been competitive. And Dan Quinn is, I've always respected him a lot. He's a, I think he's a great coach, and 
Matt Ryan's kind of just so so as a as just a can he put you over the top? I don't know, but they just seem to have a lot of talent still. And I I remember a couple years ago they started zero and six, and I think they still made the playoffs. They bounced back big time, and like I said, you just can't quite judge teams yet. It's still early and a lot of ball to be played. So I'm not going to quite say I was wrong on the Falcons quite yet. But it's it's getting close to that point. And I will totally admit when I'm off. But I'm not going to rule the Falcons out quite yet. I think they can still make a run at this thing. And their division, remember, isn't incredible. You know, you got the Bucks who are so-so and you got the Panthers who are kind of in a little transition with no Cam Newton Um, and and then you've got the Saints who are still you know a juggernaut but you know they can maybe the NFC's tough yeah I I don't know it's um, it's gonna be tough on the Falcons but yeah, we'll see how they how they bounce back. Still got a lot of talent. And uh Dallas and Green Bay, that was uh pretty predictable. I think you know, everyone that that score was not indicative of the beatdown. It was a 10-point win by by Green Bay, but that game was over like in the first quarter. And uh Aaron Rodgers just came in and, and whipped up on that Dallas defense. And man, I mean, that that AT&T Stadium in Dallas, they think it's a cathedral down there. And he spent so much damn money on it. And Dallas just isn't, they're not even, it's not even a home field advantage, it seems like. They're not even good there. I think they're like 500 since that place was built. And man, if I was an owner and I paid that much for that kind of a stadium and it didn't produce wins, I'd be getting rid of everybody. I'd be firing. I would get, I would be getting rid of players left and right. And I'd be, man, the the crowd's not even loud there. It's funny. And they're, they're just, they're just, are they, they even like football in Dallas? I thought Texas was football state. I don't even know. It's funny. They're not into it, it seems like. And their team reflects that. They're an average team. They've always been average under Jerry Jones. And they're going to just keep on going that way. And they got an average quarterback. And they probably won't pay him. And they probably won't make the playoffs. So that's the Cowboys. And now we're going to get on to... Our new segment, and it's going to be the question or questions of the week. And our guest this week is uh, Rick Phillips. And Rick is a a close friend of mine. He's one of the big reasons that I even started this podcast. And I have a lot to thank him for. And uh, he's uh, been a lot of been involved a lot in the in the creation of this show and and a lot of our philosophies and stuff and and I just really appreciate his support and so he's going to 
he's offering up his questions this week. And I'm going to try my best to give good answers. And so he's got five questions here. And uh, his question one is, who's the biggest surprise quarter way into the season? Is it the uh, 4-0 Niners? Is it the 4-1 Packers? Is it the 4-1 Saints? Two wins without Breeze? Uh, 0-4 Jets? Or the... One and four Falcons. And my answer to that would be um I I would say that the the Falcons are probably my biggest surprise, that they're one and four. They just have so much talent with Sanu and and Julio, also highly paid guys. Julio's one guy that I might pay a good amount. He's so good. But Matt Ryan and just I just think ever ever since they lost Shanahan as their coordinator, they just haven't been as prolific on offense. But Dan Quinn, you would think you would get that defense going better. Um, I would say the Falcons are probably my answer for that. Biggest surprise. But I think they still could bounce back. And I think the, the Niners starting 4-0 is pretty surprising since I figured they'd probably have four or five wins total this year. But uh, I think... They still haven't played anybody, and and the league is looking um, <clears throat> really kind of... There's not quite as much parity, it seems like. We've got a lot of bad teams and a lot of really good teams, and until those good teams play each other, we just don't quite know. So uh, the Niners, we just can't judge them yet. Let's wait two more weeks. We're going to find out a lot about the Niners. His second question, question two, will Russell Wilson and Mahomes ever play against each other in the Super Bowl? And I I would say it's highly probable that they will play each other in, in a Super Bowl at least one of these years, but I think it could very well be this year. I think that the Seahawks are very strong. I think Kansas City is strong enough. I think the AFC their really only competition is going to be the the Patriots. And so uh, if they can get over the hump and beat the Patriots, I think that Kansas City's going to go to the Super Bowl. And this, the NFC is way tougher, but if the Seahawks can win their division, get home field, I, I can't see the Seahawks losing at home in the playoffs. And if they can get that one or two seed, I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Three or four seed, at least get one home playoff game for the Seahawks. And and then, I mean, you got Russell Wilson, so anything's possible. I think this could be the year they meet in the Super Bowl, and that would just be like an all-time great matchup, I think, Mahomes versus <clears throat> Russell because they're so incredibly talented and it's kind of uh, the veteran versus the, the next to come. That would just be just... So fun to watch. And his question three is, would Dak Prescott have a better career as a linebacker? And uh, uh, he maybe, maybe he would. Um, But honestly, like I I always thought Dak was uh, just a better, um, I'm sorry, better, uh, version better throwing version of Tim Tebow 
And, um, I mean, I don't know if that's even that far off still. I don't know if he's gotten much better than that. He's He just can throw the ball a little bit better than Tebow. But I think, actually, Tebow might have been an even better athlete. So, I mean, it's uh, – Dak, if he played linebacker, he'd still probably be too slow. So, it's just uh, – that that's how that question goes but question four um out of the backup qbs that have had to play this year who would you want to have on your team backing up your starter and i asked rick about this and we talked about bridgewater and he felt like bridgewater was uh going to be a starter eventually so he didn't count bridgewater as a backup really because that probably would have been my answer he looks like the best backup right now, but out of he said out of Minshew, Hodges, Rudolph, Falk, or Chase Daniel, and I I think Minshew looks the best so far to me. Just I mean he's a you know total rookie season and and uh, early on too like Foles got hurt game one and he's put up points. I mean they lost this week barely, but. He still put up points, and I'd say Minshew's been the most impressive. And I think that he has, like, a lot of intangibles, too. So if I had to choose one of those guys, it'd be Minshew. Um, Question five. uh, Since I've been hearing so much about how Cleveland is going to beat the Seahawks and be so tough, which position matchup does Cleveland have advantage on Seattle? And I think that, you know, everyone talks about Cleveland's talent being so good, but I, I really don't see much of an edge talent-wise anywhere. I, on the, I mean, Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, kind of a toss-up maybe at defensive ends. I mean, I'd, I'd probably rather have Clowney just because he's a little more seasoned, um, Miles Garrett's a great player too, but I mean that's the only thing. Like I mean, maybe they've got Denzel Ward's a pretty good corner. Maybe they've got an edge there, but the linebackers definitely edge to the Seahawks. Um, the rest of the secondary is probably pretty even. Offensive line, the Seahawks have a much better offensive line than the Browns. The Browns were just terrorized by the Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner, and that's just like, man, you got to fix that. Those are good players, but like a rookie and a a guy who's like not really done much. The Niners just haven't won many games, but um, in the last few years, but yeah, I mean, the Browns. You know they got Odell and Landry. I mean, you would think those guys would be able to create mismatches but they just haven't really done that so far Nick Chubb's a pretty good running back Chris Carson I think is far better I just think for the Seahawks in this game it's more of a mental thing I think they're going on the road which is tough and it's tough after a team just got humiliated which the Browns did on national TV the Browns are going to be in a better spot mentally because they're coming off that beat down and they're going to give the Seahawks their best shot at home. 
their season's kind of like on the line now because they're just digging a hole. So I think it could be kind of a trap game for the Seahawks. Uh, they, they they have to play the Niners the next week, and they need to win that game for divisional stuff. And you wouldn't think they would be looking ahead, but they, you know, they're human, and so it's a trap game possibility. And the Seahawks tend to play a little more down to their opponents than you would like, but, um. You know, the the Browns basically gave that game away to the Niners. They four turnovers. I mean, they, they probably will have an emphasis on taking care of the ball a little better against the Seahawks. So it's hard to win on the road, and the Seahawks just have to go and, and take care of business. I just, the way Russell Wilson's playing, I, I don't see why they would lose to the Browns. So... But anything can happen in this league, and it's it's going to be fun to see um, all all the way to Cleveland. The Seahawks have to travel, so it's a good test. And so thank you, Rick, for the questions. And next week we'll do another round of, of questions. Everyone, you can send in your questions to Twitter or Instagram or just hit me up, and, and uh, I'll answer everyone's questions. And... And it's uh, pretty fun. We got to be interactive and and uh, keep the connection. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, looking forward to this week, another revealing week in the NFL. It's it's fun to see the drama playing out, and looking forward to it. So, thanks again for listening, you guys, and I'll see you next week.